0: Good morning and welcome everybody, you're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM, 87.6, 87.8 or 88, right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. Positively different radio in the morning, you're with the double L team, Lyle and Lawson. Lawson, how was your weekend? Have you grown webbed feet yet? Sorry? Have you grown webbed feet yet? No, because um, I wear shoes. Right. Why would I? You what? need wet feet right
1: now. It's Why? kind of wet outside. Are you calling me a duck? Yes. Is that, is that a, no. What's wrong with that? Because I'm are you not racist a, against ducks? No, ducks are a species of animal. Maybe you can call me species, <laughs> but I'm not a duck. <laughs> I, uh, no, I had a great weekend. No, I well Christmas. and truly did. you know? had like a such a full, packed weekend um, and finished it off with staying up till three in the morning last night. Epic, you know, just watching. So you've had what
0: three hours sleep?
1: Yeah, I'm killing it. Like it's so good. No, it you was were, you were watching the Moto.
0: It GP. was the yeah, first yeah, round of the Moto Yeah,
1: that's right. That's oh, right. Oh. I hear
0: about it all morning this morning. <laughs>
1: No, nah, wait. No, nah, not quite. The guy I wanted to win didn't win, so I'm like, it's oh. sad." And I'm like, yeah, "Whatever." But, anyways, yeah. No, I had a, such a fantastic weekend. I, I
0: had an amazing weekend too. Yeah, what'd you do? Uh, so on Saturday evening, we hung out with a whole bunch of pastors in a church, oh, just like just ha- a couple hundred meters up the road from here, uh-huh. and uh, had a meal together, had worship together. Wow. Yeah, it was great. It was just fantastic. So um, we were super blessed. We even uh, played That's a game. Cute. Who's na- name that pastor? And and I won a prize. <laughs> Wow, wow, with the trivia. Let's go. I I want a candle. You're listening to the Breakfast Joe podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Time for positively different news this morning. And Lawson is going to bring it to us. But before he does so, there is a. Question for our quiz, Lawson, what do you got for us?
1: That's right. For 100 points, who was the second son of Adam and Eve? If you know the answer, 0491 064 uh, If you know the answer to that question, you will be able to net yourself a Faith Fan bookmark and bumper sticker or just get those 100 points on the board. Uh, continue to work your way through the quiz. If you answer every question correctly, you can get every single prize. But again, that question was, who was Adam and Eve's second son? Okay. Answer the question and mm-hmm. win the prize, mm-hmm. Lawson.
0: Tell us some positively different news
1: this morning. So positively different news. Uh, this is something that probably a lot of people have heard about. It kind of just happened, and it's big, kind of world-breaking news. Um, that Elon Musk has set up Starlink in the Ukraine and has gotten like shipping thousands of terminals out there so that people have access to internet as their, as the Ukrainians have their, uh, you know, their internet attacked and cut off by the Air Force, like the Russian Air Force. Wow. So if you guys don't know what Starlink is, uh, this kind of sounds like an ad for it, but I don't, I, you know, I, I don't want to sound like an Elon Musk salesman or something, but basically it's, it is like a fantastic idea. Basically you have like an internet box and instead of that like internet box being like connected to say like the NBN network where it's all optic fiber and whatnot, uh, it's satellite internet, but which is, already existed for a while um, but it's like high speed satellite internet so like because previously up until this point satellite internet has been like terrible like it's yes I had satellite internet
0: for a couple of years and it was very marginal it was kind of just it was like yeah it's it, it was interesting because it didn't vary as much speed wise it seemed to be always the same speed mm. whereas some of the other internets I've had sometimes it would run fast and sometimes it would run slow That's right. this was always just the same speed yeah Because when it's running slow, you can't sort of run slower. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> that's no, right. It was, it was usable. It was usable, but it wasn't great and it was expensive.
1: Yeah. Whereas this is satellite internet that like has feet, cause most satellite into Australia, internet in Australia runs like at a maximum of one megabits per second, which is incredibly slow. Like the base, uh, NBN package is 20 megabits per second and the high end NBN package is a uh, hundred megabits per second. Uh, your high end business NBN package is like 250 megabits per second. Um, but like in, in the States, they already have like, one gigabit fibre, like Google Fibre and stuff, which is, you know, we don't get that technology out here because Australia is backwards and slow. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, so this is satellite internet uh, that can run at 150 megabits per second, which is slower than your fastest, you know, optic fibre, just by the nature of that it's satellite. Um, But it is high-speed internet that you have the ability to access from anywhere. You can plug a Starlink box in in the middle of the Simpson Desert and it's going to get signal, signal. like yeah, if they wow. if they have amazing. the satellites to cover that area. Yes, which they they do. So like, obviously, do for Ukraine. So they've they've put it. Well, it hadn't been released in the Ukraine yet, but they you know did some shuffling and they got some you know satellites over that area, and they were like, all right, yep, Ukraine, um, you ha- now have access to the Starlink network. and Now they've been shipping all these boxes out there for free, um, which is fantastic because I think ultimately, like. Uh, The wars are uh, are won and lost because of access to information. Uh, Very much so. And especially for the public, like, life is preserved because of access to... Uh, information and not having the ability to you know if all your internet and you know telecommunications towers and everything's being taken out by an invading force then yeah, you have no idea what's going on that's right i, I mean the, the the military of course is able to continue
0: functioning you know with the use of radio and so forth yeah. uh but but the average person they have that's no right. idea of you know what's about to take place and where they need to run to where can yeah. they flee what can they do Um, any of that kind of information. And so I I see this as potentially saving a lot of civilian lives.
1: That's right. You you know,
0: you can just. uh, It's probably going to be used by the military as well. Yeah. I mean, they're already, they're already going to have their own systems and, you know, systems in place. They obviously rely on, you know, being able to function without internet. Mm. But, um,
1: yeah, I yeah, I think that's the thing that I find particularly good about this story is that, you know, when we talk about the, the Ukraine and Russia and, you know, all kinds of people have different kinds of opinion of who's in the right and who's in the wrong in terms of uh, on the government government level. Uh, but this is like the A1 reason for, for doing this is to preserve civilian life. And it's like, man... Obviously, it's a great promotion for Starlink. It's, a great, it's promotion a great promotion for Elon, for Elon Musk. Elon Musk like, an he is making bank It's going to cost
0: him millions and... In- and Make billions. billions. Yeah, that's,
1: that's right. So, you know, it's, it's philanthropy with a return, but. You can't, you can't, you can't miss this guy's genius. But at the same time, like, he's the one who stepped up. No one else has developed systems like this that have such a great application, you know, in, in this specific scenario. Like, you know, I don't know, Google, Apple, they don't, they don't have this technology. So for Elon Musk to put his money where his mouth is, where his mouth is, um, have technology available that he's going to use to assist Everyday people like you and me, heh, good for him. Like, good for you. I'm like, okay, like, all right, you know, crypto, NFTs, all that stuff. Elon Musk, you can have it. I don't want to, if you could give me an electric car, that'd be awesome. Um, but no, Elon Musk, like, good job. You know, uh, Starlink, great job. Okay. Uh, in other news. So last week we we're talking about how, um, the, you know, 200 countries in the world, they've decided to get on board on ultimately creating a treaty that stops the production of plastics because yes. of the single use e- plastics, single use plastics, because of the effect of single use plastics on our world and how they're doing everything from killing ocean animals to uh, restricting our ability to have kids through the consumption of <laughs> yep. micro plastics. Yep. Uh, but, uh, the University of Bath, which is an epic, epic name to call a university. Bath
0: is an epic place.
1: Yeah, this is in
0: the UK, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been to Bath. You've been to Bath? I didn't have a bath when I was there.
1: Oh, really? I had a shower. You had a, sh- <laughs> you had a shower <laughs> I've been in the to bath, bath. And it's
0: a really cool place to visit.
1: Yeah, well, the University of Bath, uh, some researchers and scientists from there have developed uh, this chemical recycling process that doesn't. Need, you don't even need to melt plastic. So there's no, you know, plastic fumes or anything. Basically, they use it, they do it. By getting a zinc based catalyst and mixing it with methanol. And they 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 chuck it all in a bath and then all of the the plastic just completely breaks down into a liquid that you can then recycle. So bath is making stuff in a bath. That's right. That's cool. It's fantastic. And, it's good, like,
0: and it sounds like it's going to be good for the world.
1: That's right. Uh, I, I thought it was interesting. Like, like methanol is just, you know, just a classic form of, of petrol, uh, mixes some other stuff. And, and bam, there you go. Because it's like, okay, we stopped the production of single use plastics. We still have a lot of single use plastics in the ocean. What do we do with them? Well, we can light them on fire and then create a lot of pollution. Or we can use this method to break it down and repurpose it into a whole bunch of things. So, this is a great repurposing and recycling tool, uh, which will be a blessing to the world because it'll limit... All of those missteps. And finally, uh, in fantastic news, uh, some, a, a new cancer therapy has come out, uh, that has basically completely destroyed advanced ovarian and bowel, t- bowel tumors, uh, in just six days. So this was a clinical trial, uh, sorry, not a cl- clinical trial, like this is like a kind of research and development trial that they did on rats, uh, where they, they create these small beads, uh, these pin sized beads with drug factories inside them, um, and when they're delivered, they give continuous high bursts of protein that boosts the immune system, uh, which is like a very, it's very difficult to attack cancer because you need a drug that simultaneously boosts your immune system without boosting the effectiveness of the cancer itself to be able to spread. And it's like, how does it make that d- uh, d- differentiation? And they have used a, you know, specific chemicals that have ultimately, you know, uh, Created this circumstance in which the proteins of the immune system that attack cancer continue to continue to grow and continue to fight, um, and the cancers get weaker and it's completely destroyed. And and out of the, I think it was out of the 10 mouse that had ovarian cancer, the 10 mice, they were all completely healed. And out of the eight mice that had bowel cancer, seven out of eight of them were cured and all of them within a six day trial. That's absolutely amazing. And they're saying like this will have application in things like like pancreatic cancer as well, which is like pancreatic cancer is like one of the most we we still don't yeah, have a, a definitive death, a death cure for it. It's like yeah. it's like less than five percent survive. Yes. Um. But they're finding with this specific drug, they haven't. You know, they're trying to find a method to be able to attack specifically cancers in the pancreas, but. This is like the bridge that opens, you know, this is the bridge that opens the gate or the key that opens the gate to be able to, to do those kinds of things. So,
0: yeah. One of my, uh, one of my best friend's mother just recently passed away from pancreatic cancer mm. and it's uh it's a really miserable thing. Mm. It's, you know, It's pretty much a death penalty and it's a painful death. Uh, Thankfully, you know, we do have drugs that, you know, can mitigate the pain. Mm. But, of course, you know, that blottos your mind in those last few hours, which Mm. is just really, really sad. You're listening to The Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Here on The Breakfast Show on Faith FM, we're about to get to some more serious news before we do the 200-point Question for the quiz. Lawson. Yeah, that's
1: right. You're listening to Lawson win the quiz <laughs> for 200 points. When Jacob was wrestling the angel of the Lord, what did the angel injure in order to overpower him? 0491 064 669. For 200 points, you can win yourself a back issue of Science Magazine or get those points on the board. Continue to work your way through the quiz. But again, for 200 points, when Jacob was wrestling the angel of the Lord, what did the angel injure in order to overpower him? 0491 0491- six four six six nine
0: Fantastic stuff. Well, turning to some more serious news right now. Uh, this one is coming out of the University of Pennsylvania. Oh, love it! Where they have uh, just been doing a study on alcohol, and particularly looking at alcohol consumption amongst people who, uh, who maintain a drinking drinking amount of equal to or less than the daily recommended rec- uh, maximum.
1: Oh, okay. Oh, so basically,
0: is- these are people who are safe drinkers. Mm-hmm. They consider themselves to be safe drinkers because they are not drinking more than you know what the uh, what, what the experts are saying is appropriate. This is a brand new study. Uh, follows thirty six thousand adults, um, which is double the size of any comparable study. So very very large study, and they they've found that every half drink added to a loss of brain tissue. So that's just half a drink. Mm -hmm. And, of course, the daily recommended allowance in the United States is uh, one for women and two for men. And that... um, Both aging and they pointed out that both aging and drinking produce a loss of grey matter. So you know, as we get older, uh, our brain does start to deteriorate, Mm. and some of us notice that you know the older we get, the you know the memory starts to fade a little bit. Uh, We can see that in elderly folk that they're not as sharp as what they used to be, and that's because of deterioration of brain matter. And the two things that cause that to happen, number one, of course, is aging, but right alongside it and equally so is drinking. You combine the two together and you create a perfect storm so that you're going to age much faster inside your head and you're going to lose your mind much quicker and it's going to become a major contributor to Alzheimer's as you get older. Mm. Okay, so what we what we want to, uh, to to particularly look at here is that there is basically, according to this study, there is no safe level of drinking whatsoever at all. And, you know, this is not the first time the World Health Organization has come out and said the same thing, Uh, you know, and we've seen this long lines of, you know, they've also said that there's no safe amount of red meat that you can eat either. Mm. Um, And, of course, these are things that um, we've been sort of, well, teaching here for at least the last 150 years, but it's good to see it coming out in science. And, of course, the Bible backs this up. Uh, Basically, somebody who has one drink a day is going to add two years to their Alzheimer's going to lose their mind two years faster, two years sooner than a person who doesn't. And so that's pretty significant. When you look to, you know, your old age, and the problem is that a lot of young people don't sort of look to their old age, but do you really want to spend an extra two years of life without a mind, Mm. without a brain, you know, without without that function? Mm. I don't think anybody wants that, and there's a very easy solution to not having that extra two years, and that is to not drink. It's not hard. You just don't. Don't do it. Mm. This is not a difficult thing to do. Anyway, uh, turning to California. I did say we had some positive news coming out of wow. California. okay. Um, so Congresswoman uh, Buffy Wicks. I've never heard of a Congresswoman by the name of Buffy before, but... There, there you go. Buffy's out there and she's do it. doing it. She's introduced a new bill which, if it passes, will allow churches to rezone unused land for housing. So, this is interesting. There's a lot of churches around the place that, you know, they might be on a large uh, block of land. That particular block of land may have, you know, at the time that they bought it, it was a suitable place for a church. And it might have been, say, for instance, a 25-acre a block. Mm-hmm. You don't need that for a church. Even for a very large church, you don't need that much land. And so they end up with a whole bunch of excess land. Of course, that church, that land is going to be church zoned because they would have, you know, rezoned it for, uh, you, you know, to be a church when they, when they, uh, when they purchased it and wanted to put an application into to set a church up there. And then, of course, in the future, if they want to rezone that and sell some of it off for housing and so forth. There's quite a lot involved in that and there's no guarantee that it will ever happen. Mm. So she's put this bill through that says, no, if you've got extra land, go ahead, rezone it for affording, affordable housing for underprivileged people. Dude, that is ultimate, right? No there. strings attached. You know, just, just, just go ahead and rezone It would open up a whole bunch of land. And what it would allow churches to do is to be involved in, you know, Philanthropic work within the community, yeah, totally, um, which I think is just a fantastic idea. Mm. All right, moving on from there, we go to the Supreme Court, uh, the United States Supreme Court, and this one is in uh, relationship to an abortion bill in uh, in in Kentucky, and it's 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 an interesting one because. This is one where Kentucky basically, well, they, they passed a bill that there was a certain kind of abortion that you couldn't do, which is called dilation evacuation. Now, dilation evacuation is basically where you tear apart the body of mm. an unborn baby and you remove it piece by piece, and they said, no, this is a barbaric act and we're going to outlaw it. Mm. Uh, this was the former Republican governor. Um, he passed the law. It was challenged in court by abortion clinics and the ACL. You, Uh, so they were challenging in court. Then the election came. They had a change of uh, a a change of government. For that, they went from a Republican to a Democrat. And the new Democratic uh, governor, when he came to power, he's like, "Well, I'm not going to contest this in court." Mm. And so, you know, it's a little bit like if somebody sues you for something and you don't contest, they automatically win. That's right. And so the abortion clinics were suing the state, and the state was like, "Yeah, we're just not going to contest it." So rather than having to you know, rescind the law or create a new law, which might be very unpopular with the people, it's just like we're not going to contest it. So the Attorney General stepped in and said, well, you know what? I will contest it. Mm. And this was a little bit controversial because it was like, wait a minute, does the Attorney General have the right to do so? Mm. And created quite a constitutional uh, furor and went to the 6th, Circuit Court, and the Mm -hmm. Sixth Circuit Court said, no, the Attorney General can't do that. That's not the Attorney General's role. Uh, The Attorney General said, no, I'm a representative of the state of Kentucky, and this is a Kentucky law, and it's appropriate for uh, the government of Kentucky to defend its own laws. Mm. And so this went to the Supreme Court, where the Supreme Court absolutely smashed the Sixth Circuit Court. Mm. Eight To one in favor of the Attorney General. Oh, wow. You know, you don't. That's a massive, massive majority right there uh, in which they have very, very clearly and fundamentally stated that, yes, a state does have the right and an interest to defend its own laws and that that's entirely appropriate uh, for that to take place. And so this law will be defended in Mm. court, which is, yeah. Good news. Yeah. Fantastic stuff. Anyway, one more story before we finish off um, and we continue to stay in the United States. Uh, This is another one that looks like it might go through to to the Supreme Court as well. And this is about uh, an an, an NFL NFL coach in high school football uh, in Seattle uh, who was fired from his job. And the reason that he was fired from his job was
1: for praying. Privately, ah, uh, bro, that makes sense in Seattle. Yeah, <laughs> sense in Seattle
0: <laughs> I'm like, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> okay, so, so you know, you okay, so this is in a public school setting, mm. and uh, you know, you can understand, you know, separation of church and state issues. Why they might say, no, you can't have prayer with the students, mm. um, even though a lot of people would feel very, very uncomfortable with that. But he wasn't having prayer with the students, he wasn't having prayer with the players, he wasn't having prayer. In any of these kind of things situations, he would just pray himself at the end of each game. Mm-hmm. Now he would pray publicly. He would just, you know, go to the fifty yard line, take a knee, say a short prayer of thanks that the Lord had, uh, you know, guided them through the game, mm. uh, protected them. Pray for the players. Pray for the prote- protection of the players. Pray for their health, all that kind of stuff. Pray for both sides. And it was just a silent prayer, just something that he did personally at mm. the end of the game. He did in public, and so they fired him for it. Wow. And so this one looks like it'll go through to the Supreme Court as well. Are you allowed to pray in public in the United States anymore? I mean, it's pretty wild to consider that a person can be fired for that in America these days. Isn't isn't religious practices
1: like protected? Yeah,
0: one would think so. One would think so. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Yeah? Yes. Uh, with what you could do with me. Wow. It's The Breakfast Show. We are up to the 300-point questions for our quiz. Lawson's going to bring it to us before we go to our interview of the day. we got somebody in the studio today, which is super so awesome. Good. We rarely get to have people in the
1: studio. Yeah, I know. But I'm, uh, I'm actually, you know, kind of then it gets a bit cramped in here. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, we love it. We love it. Okay, let's have a 300-point clue uh, for the quiz. So, for 300 points... Due to Joseph, the land of Egypt was able to avoid what catastrophe? Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to call for three hundred points. You can win yourself a pocket sermon or get those points on the board. Continue to work your way through the quiz, and if you get every question correct, you can win every single prize. But again, that question was due to Joseph, the land of Egypt uh, uh, was able to avoid what? Catastrophe. 0491 064 669
0: Alright, there's your 300 point question right there Let's see if you can get it We've got a few text messages coming through already We will get to those after the 8 o'clock news But joining us in the studio right now is Adam Schultz Adam, welcome to the show Thank you, I'm feeling very, very welcome and still waking up But other than that, I'm doing pretty good oh, <laughs> so, so good uh, See, we've been, we've been here for ages We've been we've here been, 6 o'clock We've already, been so. waking
1: up our whole lives so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, well, welcome to the Breakfast Show life, uh, Adam. It's a, it's, it's a good life. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to get used to it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Adam, you're one of the uh, well, you're kind of new to this area, but not new to this area and pastoring in this area. Uh, pastoring, what, less than a kilometre away from where our studio is? Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, yeah, so I'm at Walls End Church over oh, there. Oh, wow. So, yeah, Associate Walls End slash, Adventist
2: Church. Yep. Yeah, that one, yeah. Yep. Um, so, I'm working, yeah, where with Pastor Lizette um, and her associate, but also. Youth pastor, so I get to work with Macquarie College very closely as well.
0: Mm. So Fantastic stuff. Fun. So we want to hear a little bit about your story this morning. Uh, you are the prodigal son. <laughs> yeah. you, have, you have returned. Or the jealous son. Who knows? No, no, no. no, but no but
2: you're you,
0: the prodigal no, one because no. you were here and then you were there and now you're here again. And <laughs> you've come back
1: to the best place. So yeah, we
0: did shut that before, and, yeah, some would beg to differ. No,
1: nah, I don't care. I am staking my claim that Newcastle is the best area in Australia, and anyone can try Just try sit Let's get statistics. It's it's so let's get yeah, anecdotal evidence. Lawson's never care. been out of Newcastle, so... No, come on!
0: Wow, wow!
1: Wow, throw me under the bus. Like, it's not even true, but, like...
0: Nah, Lawson's a world traveller. Um, you, can, you can claim whatever you want for Newcastle, but... Uh, Tassie is still the promised land. <laughs> <lost>. Anyway, um, <laughs> when you get back to uh, Adam. Adam, you, you, you're you from here in Newcastle. Yes, yeah, so I'm born and raised um, here.
2: went to church at Zone Church and Charlestown SCA Church as well. Yep. Um, and also went to Macquarie College. So it's been like a full circle, if you ask me. Okay, so, so you... You
0: studied at Macquarie
2: College. Yes. And true. now
0: you're ministering at Macquarie College.
2: Yeah, and it's weird. So I'm seeing a lot of the teachers that did teach me as well and a lot of new faces. So it's for me, it's just like this, woof, <laughs>
0: wow. blowing my mind. <laughs> okay, so let's, let's hear a little bit of your story. Did you grow up in a Christian home?
2: Yeah, I did grow up in a Christian home, a Seventh-day Adventist home. So yeah, with just my dad and sister. So um mum passed away when I was quite young and... That was kind of the catalyst for us to actually start coming to church, SCA Church, and my Oh, really? Yeah, my auntie, and uncle was were quite the catalyst as well. They were always going to church, and we used to go with them quite often too. So, yep. Yeah.
0: So your your dad, you, you grew up with your dad, um, and, and I can relate to that. Had the same experience. Um, did uh, did your dad have a background as being a Christian, you know, before this?
2: Yeah, so he did. So he grew up in the Seventh Day Adventist Church as well, and he left for a, a long, long time. Um, which yeah, so and then he came back right after yeah the passing of my mother, which was quite like I said the catalyst I think.
0: Yep. And your mum back. when she was still alive was she a spiritual person?
2: Yeah, she was. So she um she yeah had a, yeah I think yeah she became an Adventist in the end um, before yep. she passed away um yep. yeah but she's from the Philippines,
0: mm. Roman Catholic background or
2: yeah. So most of my family in the Philippines is actually a yeah, very Roman Catholic, and yep. she was one of the few that became Seventh Day Adventist.
0: Mm. Yeah. Now I find that um you know well, obviously. The majority of uh, Filipinos are Roman Catholic, with a, uh, a bit of uh, Islam in there as well. But um, yeah, so you've so so then I guess from a young age you're growing up in what a single parent home with your dad. Yep, um, and a part of the you know the local church scene here. Was there a point in your life that you can sort of pinpoint where you made a conscious decision to give your life to Jesus Christ, or was this something that grew on you over time?
2: Yeah, it's a bit of a mixed bag, actually. So I think I did really feel it um, going to the summer camps, and big camps were a big catalyst for me. Um, and how to put it nicely, <laughs> so I did I did feel the, the calling to, to get baptised, and something happened, not sure what happened, um, but didn't go through. Um, and then spent many years, as a lot of teenagers do, at church, but not wanting to be there, but being forced. Um, and then, yeah, probably around 7 18, I said, I just don't want to go anymore. Sure. Um, so I didn't. And then a few years later, it, um, yeah, I had a bunch of friends. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to think. I should give you the long version or the short version, but I'll give you the very try to make it very precise. But I remember I was playing a lot in the chapel band at Macquarie College, playing worship music um, for the school. And after so this I, was this was during the period that you
0: weren't going to church. Yeah, that's so you are correct. playing in the, in the in the worship band. Yes. But not really a church tender. Yeah,
2: pretty yep. much. And <laughs> so I remember there was a group um, of, of 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 there was a band that was forming, like the school that played at their church quite quite regularly. It was at Charlestown Church, and I remember they went to go play at a big camp. And I'm like, I haven't been a big camp for a year or so. Um, and they say, Hey, we need a guitarist. So I'm like, Okay, I'd love to, because I haven't been, you know, just finished school and I'm wanting to play music, just love it. And long story short, when I started playing with them, I started going to their church because we played and practiced at their church. And I went to big camp, and then funny enough, that that was kind of the awesome way that God worked is that when I started going to that church, I really felt a, a true encounter, an authentic encounter, encounter with Jesus Christ. Mm. And so, funny enough, I went there for different reasons, mm. um, as every guy does for girls.
1: <laughs> but <and so> had <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Pastor Ernst on last week telling us the same thing. Like, oh, so good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> God's funny that way. Hey? Yeah. I, mean, I guess he knows what,
2: what we need versus what we want. And so rather than falling in love with a girl, I, I fell in love with the Lord.
0: Wow. Yeah, praise so. God. Did you end up falling in love with a girl as well? Um, yeah, that was short-lived. <laughs> that's another maybe radio podcast for another time. <laughs> Oops, <laughs> no, that's all good. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. So that's that's amazing. So you've given your life to Jesus Christ. Now, when you finished school uh you mentioned that this was this was something that took place after school what were you doing with your life after school yeah it was kind of that you know that age-old question where they're like what are you gonna do
2: <laughs> um so i i had a gap year but i think yeah it's so it was so long ago i feel old now
0: um, <laughs> yeah, but i remember I, go, I wish i was young as this guy <laughs> yeah.
2: but um so i go to avondale college did a year of business and, and dropped out probably three quarters through through the year and i was just like this isn't for me and had another gap year so I spent the gap year, yeah, just working. Um, you know, just some edge ed- ed- odd jobs, cleaning jobs, labouring jobs. You know, I think I did work a little stint here at the conference office in accounting, accounting, because I did three three quarters of the year of business. So mm, yep. <laughs> that was very much in the deep end. Um, but then after that, um, which probably leads into my calling story, there was a point where um, in my life I was, yeah, that's right. I got into a fair bit of debt at that time because my car broke down, I had to borrow money, um, and I know my my girlfriend at the time broke up with me. And I just, yeah, I was starting to go to uni again and I'm um, just doing a bridging course at Newcastle because it's been too long since I, um, you know, because of my H, HSC or ATAR or whatever you call it nowadays. And I remember just reaching, like, those three things, just not knowing who I was going with, where I was going um, sort of thing and who I was. The and three th- big questions. The three big questions. And it mm. all came in, like, in one hit. And so I remember going to this place, and I shared it um, over the weekend, but went to my inner bay. It was a very special place for me and my mates. Um if anyone knows where that is. And anyways, I remember going there one night and just crying and just praying on my knees, just reaching a point where I just didn't know what to do. And I just remember praying, God, what do you want me to do with my life? I've got no money. (laughs) Actually, I'm in the negatives. you know, And I don't know who to go with. And I don't know who I am. I don't know what you want me to do with this life. Mm. And then all of a sudden, I got this peace. And it wasn't just just your normal peace. It was that peace that you get from the Prince of Peace. And I'm Mm. sure you've experienced it before from God. And this thought popped into my head. And it was like theology and ministry. And I'm like, wow, I've never thought of doing something like that in my entire life. It never, you know, I've seen pastors preach and I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that. So this was the <laughs> first time it ever entered your head. Exactly. Yeah. hundred percent. Never wow. ever, ever thought that I would become a minister. Yep. And so I was like, wow, okay. And it was quite a peaceful thing. And I was pretty good at that moment. And then went to church the next Sabbath. Um, and all of a sudden I had a church member put their hand on my shoulder and go, hey, I can see you doing ministry in the future. And I was oh like, wow! I haven't talked to anyone about this prayer, and it's yeah. literally less than a week. Mm. And so I was thinking, okay, God, I never thought of this, but if this is where you want me to go, I've got nothing to lose because I've lost everything. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I've got a lot to gain if this is what you want me to do. So I went and looked on, you know, went to Applied Avondale, and I hadn't been only been baptized for a few months, I think, at this point. And one of the requirements is you've got to be baptized for two years and active in your church. So I was quite active in my church at the time, but I'd only been baptized for a few months. And so I remember praying that prayer, going, God, it's another obstacle. If you want me to be, you know, take this calling seriously, I'll have no no blockages in the way. Mm. And so I prayed, I replied. And then I got a letter, ironically enough, from my wife's um, <laughs> mum. Um, um, this is before we got married. um saying, congratulations, you've been accepted into Avondale College. Okay, so how oh, did you get wow.
0: accepted if you didn't meet all of the requirements? Uh,
2: well, the only answer I can give, cliche, but I think it was the big guy upstairs. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Praise God. That's amazing.
0: Okay, so you got accepted in there from your what your future mother-in-law. Yes, correct. Okay, so there's probably a whole other story there as well, I'm yeah. um, sort of thinking. Had had you met your future wife at this point? No, particular? I hadn't okay. actually. No, no, not at all. So there was no there was no bias on her part like, "Oh, I'm going to sneak <laughs> this guy in because I think he would be an awesome match for No, uh... no conflict of interest at this point I guess I, I'll <laughs> <decide> on that. <laughs> all right. So, you go ahead, you do ministry and now of course you've been in ministry for a number of years and as we mentioned you are the prodigal son because you have <laughs> Turn to the area uh, because, but you've been ministering in Western Australia. Yes, that's
2: correct. And it seems you've enjoyed yourself over there. Oh, we've absolutely loved it. The conference has been great. The churches there, and it's just yeah, just a very spiritual you know atmosphere there with our churches. It's and fantastic.
0: whereabouts in Western Australia, in the Perth area? Yeah.
2: Or? So luckily for me, I didn't get sent out to the wilderness for forty years. Um, I <laughs> do, but I got to stay in Perth pretty much my mm. whole time there ministering to many. See, most churches.
0: of the most of the new pastors, they send them out to the wilderness oh. to uh, you know to. See if they're the real thing or not. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Put them
1: in three churches five hours away from each other, like something like that. <laughs> classic.
0: Yeah. And Western Australia is a classic place for, yeah, very, very wilderness uh, kind of churches. You're either in the wilderness or you're in, or you're in Perth. Very kind in Perth of, yeah. Not much in between. Exactly, yeah. And, uh, and and so, okay, so you've recently come back here and you mentioned that you've got a number of different jobs here, youth pastor um you're working with the Macquarie um, Adventist College um tell us about that and tell us a little bit about okay so you've just started what kind of things have you got in mind for what what, what are some of Plans and dreams for the future.
2: Yeah, that's a great question. You know, and for me, I've always loved youth, working with youth, and and maybe because I'm immature, that's why I'm so like love working with youth. (laughs) Uh, But um, no, some yeah, you know what? For me, there's a vision of just yeah, trying to build a bridge that hasn't. It's been slowly building there, and Mm. so kind of having someone there that can focus on purely their focus on that is. It's just an awesome dream of mine because I've always I've worked in um, chaplaincy for many years. Um, For primary school and high school, and I've also worked, you know, as a youth pastor and a senior pastor, and I feel like God's been building me up for this moment to be, you know, working in this context. So I think my. So you've
0: done chaplaincy in Western Australia. What was uh, Vic Park or something? Yeah, Vic Park in Lansdale
2: Christian School. Shout out. Um, (laughs) um, So yeah, so I feel God has been preparing me for this moment, even though I didn't know this moment would come, to be honest. So
0: now, with the the connection between the church and the school up there, because you've got a chaplain in the school, and you're the youth pastor. Um, do you guys sort of work together as one or are you two sort of separate entities? How does it actually, how does it actually function? Um,
2: yeah, so it's been, it's been really cool because it's, you know, kind of not New Waters, but at the same time I've made it New Waters. So I'm very heavily involved with the awesome chaplaincy team up there. You know, I've just come back from Year 7 camp. That's why I've got the, the bags under my eyes. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, working in that context with the chaplains very closely has been really, really good. And trying to organise Friday night programs um, as well with our church that are, you know, that mm. kind of that bridge yes. um, with the school as well. So just trying to create an atmosphere where kids can feel comfortable, not only just to socialise, but to have that social interaction through worship, through that spiritual conversation and also through the Word of God as well. And that so, creates
0: a, uh, a more integrated system between the, the church, because your church is on the, on the campus of, definitely. Of, of, of the school.
2: I think the thinking has to be is that we're not the campus on the school, but we're one, yes. and I think that's really my goal, yes. is saying that we are one, we're one, we're working together as one mission here, we've got the same you know, focus team. and we, have the, we want the same outcome.
0: Okay, with the school, you've got obviously got a lot of, uh, you know, that's, that's a massive mission field right there. Mm. How many students that school would come from a non-Christian background? What I mean, what kind of percentages are yeah, we talking about? Yeah, and how many students high. have you got up there?
2: Yeah, it's quite a, quite a few. You're testing me now. I think it's about 700-ish or plus or so up there. But um, I think just from this camp that we just went on, we probably had about 40 out of the 110-year sevens that, um, yeah, don't come from Christian homes. Um, so that, that kind of gives you a pretty good average already, so I, I would say about fifty percent at least or probably even more more now in, in the earlier years and the later years. So it is quite as you say the, quite the harvest there that we we're, we're dealing with
0: Yes yeah, so you've got at least you know three, four hundred uh, kids there that uh, are a mission field with pretty much no Christian influence in their homeland.
2: Definitely, which gives us an amazing opportunity as a chaplaincy team as a church yeah, to do something big and powerful for God. So with that statistic, if it does become, or when it becomes a success, we
0: know it wasn't us. It was actually Him. Absolutely. Adam Schultz, thank you so much for joining us here in the studio this morning uh, to share your uh, plans, dreams, hopes for the future with uh, chaplaincy up there and also your journey of faith, how God brought you to Him and brought you to ministry. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.